Um, I just want to thank everybody for joining us today. If you're new on the call, just a little background for three months now. Uh, Ms. Jessica Kern that's on the line, she reminded me of that and it blew me away for three months now. Uh, coaches, as you see here, just gathered together. It started for a week. We did a, a plan together about servant leadership. And after that week, I think the first person, Coach Willie Simmons, is like, Chelsea, we not finished. So you need to keep this thing rolling. And now we are here are three months um, later making that happen. And I got in touch with Coach Kelly Grays of the University of Oregon. And guys, I'm telling you, Mr. Grays, I'll tell you and be the first one to say I'm a huge fan. But getting on the phone with you is like talking to somebody that I've known forever. You're just so humble. And I thought you were amazing to come on because as leaders, we didn't know how to be humble and servant leaders in our craft. So I thank you so much just for your humility and being open to doing this. So ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kelly Graves, coach of University of Oregon women's basketball. Geez, I've got like been on these enough. Uh, Chelsea, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate uh, uh, the introduction. I appreciate being with you guys a lot. I, I really don't have much of a dog and pony show. I, I, I do have some uh, screens I can share with everybody and kind of a plan if that's what you want to do. Uh, I'm also good with just kind of answering some questions and, and going from there. So Chelsea, I'll let you kind of determine what, what we want to do. How's that? Let's do a little bit of both. I, um, I see you got your screen sharing that works. So, you know, we just want to hear from you about the Oregon way and I can promise okay. you to have many questions and comments to follow. <laughs> okay, great. And, and, uh, and again, just if, you know, anytime you have a question, just, just chime in. That's, uh, that's good. Um, basically I, I just kind of wanted to cover, you know, I guess, let's see, I'm trying to backtrack. There was Oregon, uh, I've been here six years and then Gonzaga the, I was the head coach there for 14 years before that I was the head coach at St. Mary's college in Moraga for three. And before that, an assistant at Portland for five. And before that I was at a community college. So I don't know how many that's five or six places. And, um, you know, and basically at each and every stop, I kind of was taking over similar uh, similar program programs that uh, had broken cultures in a lot of ways, a lot of ways uh, programs that had not won, um, and uh, and basically at every uh, every stop I used the same template to uh, to kind of build our program, and uh, and we've been fortunate enough to have success at each each stop, and uh, it's funny I I put this it as you can see on the left, and maybe I can share this. Besides, it, it looks a heck of a lot better than me. I'm not much to look at. Let's see. All right, let's go to that. Uh, anyway, um, you know, these components, I actually drafted this back when I was uh, in graduate school at the University of New Mexico. So this document I did back in like 1987 or 1988, and I've tried to live by its principles ever since. And, uh, you know, I've kind of tweak things here and there, but basically the document is the same. So, um, you know, I call it the components of our championship program, and it basically comes down to four. Uh, you know, component number one is credible leadership, and then we talk about clear and creative vision, a commitment to recruiting, and then the last one is creating a family atmosphere. So, uh, you know, we can talk about each one of those. We can dive into one. Uh, Chelsea, what, uh, what do you prefer there? 
let's hit on all of them, Coach. I think um, especially for me personally, and anybody else can chime in, all of these just as a header, I'm interested in, and this helps us kind of do better in our programs and in our lives. So if you could touch a little bit on all of them, I'm with that. Okay, great. Well, uh, you know, here in, in uh, the component number one, you can see my definition of, uh, uh, and, and actually I'll, I'll figure out a way I can get this to you, Chelsea, and then you can share it with the group, okay? Is that okay? Uh, yes, sir, that's perfect. Just, if you want to just take a picture of the, of the uh, screen, then, then great. But that's kind of our definition of what leadership is. Um, and, and I think, you know, I've been fortunate to have been blessed with a lot of, you know, tremendous players, but more importantly, really tremendous leaders. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those who believes that, you know, winning, it, it's not just um, having great talent. I think you've got to get, have great character. You've got to have great leadership. Uh, man, I, I look back, somebody was, uh, it was just two days ago, I got a call uh, from a rider. They're doing a story and I, about a couple of the point guards that I've had an opportunity to coach. And to think that uh, I had Courtney Vandersloot, who's, I think right now, the best point guard in the world. Uh, when you're first team all WNBA and you have this, you know, the past two seasons, the, the single best seasons in assists in, in league history, I think that would qualify you as the best point guard in the world. And I tell Sabrina that she's got some work to do before I can call her that. She's the best point guard in college basketball. But to think I've had those two tremendous players for eight years of my career, uh, you know, I've been, been pretty blessed. They not, not only were great players and iconic players in, in, a, in a lot of ways, but uh, uh, tremendous leaders. And neither uh, really started that way. They both uh, started as shy, um, uh, uh, you know, freshmen, unsure of themselves, and they kind of grew into those roles. So, uh, you know, we, we can talk about that. But uh, uh, the, there's five different components within each, uh, or five different points within each uh, component. So the first one, you know, uh, under credible leadership, I, I can't actually see, let me, okay, good. Just building a program where players continually expand their skills and abilities to perform individually and as a team. You know, this must be done with consistency and competence. So, you know, make no mistake about it, we're still a, a program, and I've always been at programs where, you know, we're, we're looking to make them better as players. I think that's helped me here at Oregon, quite frankly, because, uh, you know, we still look at those kind of diamonds in the rough or those hidden gems. And, you know, I look at Ruthie Hebert, who was uh, first-team All-American this year and a two-time Katrina McLean Award winner as the nation's best power forward and the number eight pick in the draft. And, you guys, we found her up in Fairbanks, Alaska. And, uh, you know, just kind of an unheralded basketball player, very raw. In fact, one of the Division II schools in that state, they couldn't believe that we were recruiting her. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're looking for those kind of players. And, and just to kind of give you the five things that I look for when we recruit, number one uh, is athletic ability. So, you know, it's an athletic game. And, uh, and for me, athletic ability doesn't always mean just – you know, uh, running fast, jumping high, uh, great lateral quickness. To, to me, you know, hand-eye coordination, that's athleticism. Strength, body control, all those kind of things uh, play into that. Sabrina, you know, wasn't what you would call a tremendous athlete in terms of her jumping and quickness and all that, but, boy, her body control and her, uh, 
you know, hand-eye coordination and all those kind of things, I think, play into it. So uh, the second thing we look for is skill set. Um, we coach a skilled game. I mean, our, our uh, points per possession this year was, was historically good. So I don't know if, uh, if you guys are into the analytics. Uh, if you're not, it, I would say embrace it. Don't fully give into it and, and coach according to it. But I think it's important. And in this last year, we, we uh, averaged 123.5 points per 100 possessions, which was number one in the nation. Uh, the best men's basketball program this year was Gonzaga, and they were at 118. And the best NBA team were the Mavs, and they were at uh, 113. So when you look at 123.5, it's historically good. And, and uh, you know, and, and we le actually led the nation in scoring at 86 a, a game. And the funny thing is we were only 251st out of 351 Division I teams in pace of play. So possessions per game, we were in the lower third in the country. So we don't really – it's not just roll the balls out and play. So for us, it's a skill, a skilled game. And uh, so that's the number two thing we look for. Number three is basketball IQ. You know, do they understand how to play the game? Uh, because again, we, we don't run a lot of sets, but we, we try to teach our players how to play. And, uh, and some of those things you just, you know, you, you just got to be able to pick up quick. It's got to be inside you, I think. Uh, number four is upside or potential. And number five is a championship character. And I, I list it fifth. I think it's the most important, but I list it fifth because it's kind of the last thing you, you find out about a player. I mean, you can sit there at a game and watch somebody you've never seen before and understand, okay, they're athletic. They have great skill set. They, they have a high basketball IQ. And, you know, I think they can get better. But until you get to know them, you can't determine whether or not they have championship character. And to me, that is, are they coachable? Uh, do they uh, uh, do they make others around them better? Uh, are they good teammates? You know those kind of things. Uh, I, I love home visits, man. I can really tell uh, a lot about uh, a young person in a uh, in a home visit. You know how do they treat their parents? How do they treat their siblings? Is their coach there? Are they respectful of their coaches? And all that. I'm always watching, just not watching the game on the court. I'm watching the you know the bench. How how do they? Uh, you know, how do they treat teammates? How do they compete? We vet our players, and I think that's really important. So uh, that's uh, number one, you know, uh, it, 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 I guess credible leadership uh, is, uh, you know, players continually expand those skills and ab uh, abilities. Um, the second one, by the way, any questions? This is boring. I think we're just going to go with questions. So ask me uh, – uh, well, uh, listen, I'll do number two here, developing a clear design. Well, let me always have to get out here so I can see. Uh, a clear design for the program through purpose, shared vision, and the core values by which our players and coaches will operate on a daily basis. Um, I, I, I tell a lot of young kids, you know, you should have a mission statement, okay? Uh, you should be able to articulate who you are and what you believe in, what your values are. Uh, let me scroll down and find – I'm going to have to go down a ways here. Our core values. Right here. This is a, actually a piece of art that we put into our locker room um, when, when I first got here. This is the first thing we did. So, you know, this is who we believe in. 
or what we believe in, who we are. And, and I think even individually, I think you should be able to articulate, you know, what it is you believe in. I, I have a personal mission statement and it, it uh, is no success can compensate for failure in the home. So I always talk about work-life balance to my staff and to really any group that I talk to. I think it's important that you are a well-rounded person. If you're all about coaching and that's all you do, I, I think you're not only going to be less successful, but I think you're going to be uh, far less happy. Uh, I always felt that I can be a, a better coach when I'm a better husband and a better father. And I'm married 26 years to Mary, and I have three boys. You know, that's, uh, those, those are the, you know, the most important people in, in my life. And, uh, and then I can be a better father and husband when I'm a better coach. I mean, I, I, I got to put some time into that and, and have, you know, try to have success in, in a professional uh, life as well. So you, you can see then our, our, our core values here passion, servanthood, integrity, thankfulness, and unity. Not, not really the core values that, that you would equate sometimes with an athletic team. You know, there's no discipline and hard work and toughness and togetherness. Uh, you know, there's all these touch a little bit on that. But uh, these are really the core values that, that we espouse as a program. We try to reinforce those each and every day in practice and in team meetings and in the weight room and in our daily interactions with each other. And uh, I think that's been one of our uh, keys to our success. We obviously had talent. When you go number one, number two, number eight in the draft, we have talent. But, you know, talent that doesn't work hard, you know, won't be successful. Talent that doesn't love each other, it's, you know, you're not guaranteed success. So we really try to, to live these core values. So that should spur some questions right there, Chelsea. How about we, we take a few? I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm going to uh, stop your sharing real quick so we can see everybody. Um, and I'll That's a good-looking group, Coach. Good I think they group. do. I think they look amazing. I really do. I agree with you, Coach. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask this, and it was something I just – clarity first, and then I'll ask my question. So you have three sons. One of your sons, is he um, attached with the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, he is. He um, – uh, my oldest son, Max, uh, they all love basketball, by the way. Uh, we, we, I keep talking to him about doing a, a Graves Boys podcast. They know everything about every level of the game, uh, from NBA down to high school, boys, girls, everything. I mean, they are really into it. And we, we yell at each other, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I said, man, we should do this on a podcast. But, I've listened, uh, yeah. Coach. Max, I've listened. <laughs> Max is in player development with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, my middle son is still in college, and he's helping coach uh, a community college women's team. And my youngest son, Will, plays basketball at Gonzaga. So, um, uh, yes, all my, all my boys are into basketball. My wife played high school basketball. Uh, she's not quite the junkie that they are, but she, uh, she loves it. She loves my team. She's a great team mom. And, uh, and I rely on her. She's been the greatest assistant coach that I've had. I've asked her more hard, tough questions about, you know, discipline and behaviors and things like that uh, than I have my coaches over the years. And just to give you an example of how close she is to our team, this year when uh, Sabrina was asked to, uh, uh, you know, to speak at Kobe and Gigi's uh, memorial, 
Uh, Sabrina could take anybody with her. We had a private plane that flew her down the day before. They spent the night and then, you know, uh, we had somebody had to be with her the whole time. And then she had to fly back up to the Bay Area on Monday uh, for a game. And she chose to take my wife. So, you know, Mary was with her the entire time, just the two of them. And, and I think that speaks to, to how important she is to our program. That speaks volumes. I'm sitting over here like, wow. And one of the things I noticed was, um, and, and you answered it for me, when you spoke about the Dallas Mavericks being in the ranks when it came down to points per game, um, clearly your sons are taking note. And uh, I think many of us would listen to the podcast, but one of the things that I love that you said, you said no success can compensate for failure in the home. And, you know, I know you said you love home visits and things like that and understanding what you all, your core values are. Has there ever been a moment where in the recruiting process, you found out that maybe those things that you're looking for, some athletes didn't have those core values and it made you maybe take a different direction? Absolutely. I'll give you a good example. So this was J.R. Payne. I don't know if you J- know J.R. J.R. Payne is the head coach at the University of Colorado. So she's now my colleague, right? We compete against each other. J.R. played for me at St. Mary's. And then when she got done, I, I left Gonzaga to, for Gonzaga and I, I hired her. So she coached with me uh, for her first five or six years. So she played for me and coached with me. And I remember her first home visit. We went to the Seattle area to visit a young woman. And we, we got there to the visit. And, and listen, Gonzaga, we, we, needed, we needed players. We were awful. I think they'd taken the last seven of the previous eight years. So, you know, we needed lots of help. And so we go out and do a home visit at this young lady's uh, home. And, and for the first oh, 45 minutes, all sh- she and her parents did was complain about her high school coach and her high school teammates. And they, they would have been a lot better if they didn't have this and they didn't have that. Uh, but the rest of the visit went well. I mean, she was a highly regarded player and she was leaning heavily toward us. And so as we walked out and got into the car after the home visit, I asked JR, I said, JR, how do you think that went? And she goes, oh my goodness, that was great. I think she's going to come. You know, this will be a great get for us. And I said, well, I'm going to call her back tomorrow morning and let her know that we're not recruiting her anymore. And she goes, wait, what? What do you mean? And I said, well, what what they do for the first 45 minutes? And she said, well, they talked about her high school team. They weren't really didn't really like their coach or their players. I said, well, guess what? In two, three years, that's going to be us. She's going to be saying the same thing about us. And sure enough, you know, I called her the next day. We, we dropped her. She goes to a, a program. And in a couple of years, of course, there was a player kind of uprising. And the coach was let go. So, you know, I think, I, again, you just got to get those players that, that you know, are going to, be true to who you are. And, and my first year, quite frankly, at, at Oregon, I had to let the, uh, the leading score in the Pac-12 go. Uh, I won't say her name here, uh, but she just, you know, th- during one of our practices early in the year, she walked off the court during a drill. And I go, what are you doing? Where are you going? She goes, ah, coach, I don't like this drill. <laughs> Wait, what? what do you mean you don't like this drill? And so it just kind of went down from there. We, we have a team Lent every year uh, and uh, before the season. I, I call it Team Lent. Uh, it's it, every player, you know, we, we do it together, and, and it's uh, quite powerful sometimes. Every player, uh, you know, takes something, they, they eliminate something from their life, or they add something that will benefit uh, them personally. So, 
you know, like I've cut out potato chips for a year, stopped drinking coffee. I'm in the Northwest. How can you not drink coffee like eight cups a day? Uh, you know, I've had players that, you know, have said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go to church once a week or I'm going to call my grandparents once a week because they were, you know, in, in poor health and things like that. So everybody gives up something. We do it in person so that we can help each other through the year. And there were times when I would look at one of those Lay's potato chips and, you know, when we're out at some place at Subway or whatever, and, and one of my players would say, hey, coach, remember, you know, your, you know, what your goal was this year, your sacrifice. And so, you know, it, it helps. So this player I was talking about, we're going around. She was one of the last ones, and she kind of rolls her eyes. And, you know, it was like oh, we were putting her out, you know, to ask her to, to sacrifice something. And, and she said, well, I guess I'm going to try and listen to the coaches this year, even though I don't agree with anything they're saying. <laughs> so it was just like we tried, and by the first – of first game you know we had we kind of cut her loose and um, she transferred to another school in the SEC and guess what didn't make it to the following year you know before there they had moved on and then went to a third school and you know and never did finish so you know sometimes you're just better off you know eliminating players that might take away you know those uh, energy vampires and just taken away from the positive aspects either of your program so sorry about the long answer Chelsea no it was perfect um and I love the team lint because the last time I gave up coffee and I told the girls I love y'all so much but my migraines would not let me be great so if you want me my best I'm gonna have to switch it but I think that's no hey but Chelsea <laughs> just after like the the first three or four days it's not bad Okay, I'll keep Okay, and you'll save a ton of money, believe me. <laughs> yes. Coach Kern, I think you had something. Uh, Coach Graves, this is Coach Kern, and I'm calling myself Coach Kern because everyone on this call won't let me call myself anything other than Coach Kern. Um, <laughs> but I, I stepped away from collegiate coaching. Uh, it's been a week now. Um, and it's it, first and foremost, I just want to thank you uh, for you. You're always candid. Um, and actually, when I was the head coach at Mississippi Valley, Jr. came and played me in Itabina, Mississippi. Now, listen, if she wasn't on my people that I love list before that, and she said, uh, where can we get a team meal? I said, at the double quick gas station. That's all we got. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah. I can call her for whatever and however. And making this transition to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and just being a football wife now, um, you know, I will tell you this, to hear you say life in the balance was the validation, not only professionally, personally, but faith-based, which is what I've always functioned on, uh, faith over fear, and it means the world. Um, Chelsea and I have become extremely close in this time. I actually have my dad here in the car with me, and uh, we're so bootleg. If I could show y'all, I had the phone on a teddy bear because my husband took my truck, and I was like, Dad, I can't miss this call. Um, but I'm just grateful and I'm grateful that you took the time to be a part of this group. Like Chelsea said, we've been doing it for three months. Um, and I, I just think the fellowship we had has been amazing and it is no coincidence once you put up, you know, the non-negotiables with your program that you've had the success that you've had. And as coaches, I think sometimes we just, you know, think that we need to reinvent the wheel, but what is for you is for you. And if that's what works for your program, it's nicer when the girls like each other. And it's really nice when you genuinely, not just in recruiting, 
feel like you're a part of a family. And there, I'm with you. There's been some houses I've walked into and I said, nope, this is just not going to work. It's not just morally what I believe in. So I appreciate you. I commend you. But I had to be the first one to jump on because I don't think the teddy bear is going to make it too much longer. <laughs> and I might have to tap out. So I appreciate you. Well, you, well, thank you. And you be safe. I mean, you're driving. I don't know if, if that's wise. Well, my dad has been holding the phone, guys. Oh, okay. So shout out to the best All dad right. in the world. Yes. Hey, you, you got to rely on others. You got to rely on family. But I, I appreciate that. And, and you know, it's, it's funny. One of the lessons that I learned from my coach, and, and I've tried to employ, or my, from my coach, I've learned something from all my coaches, but from my wife is that, uh, and, and it's the same, same concept that I try to have with my team. You know, we, growing up, when you have three boys, you know, they, they have some discipline issues, right? <laughs> you know, it's just natural. And so every once in a while, Mary and I would, you know, just disagree on how to discipline the boys. And we might argue a little bit like, like people do. And then in the end, she always said the same thing. She said, you know, Kelly, we're on the same team. And, uh, you know, and I think sometimes we forget that with our players. Um, you know, I, I love each and every one of them. I, I think the key to coaching, and it looks like you've got a lot of young coaches here, it's not the X's and O's. Uh, you know, that's important. You've got to have some competence in, in what you're doing. But, man, it's about building relationships with your players, really getting to know them, you know, and, and, uh, and them getting to know you. And I'll tell you, once they know that you care about them beyond how many points or rebounds that they can get you, They'll do anything for you, anything, and they'll do anything for each other. And I remember Gino uh, talking on uh, what drives winning, you know, with Brett Ledbetter, a guy that works with, with our program, about, you know, you're not playing for the school. You're not playing for the fans. You're playing for your teammates. And he personally talked to Sabrina at one of the USA events and says, because Sabrina is the ultimate competitor, the ultimate teammate, the ultimate hard worker, etc. And he said, Sabrina, if you weren't wearing an Oregon jersey, would you play less hard? <laughs> and the answer is no. Would you care less? Well, no, you know, because that's who she is. And so uh, just that the bond and the love from between teammates and, and coaches, I'm not sure. It, that doesn't mean they got to be my best friend. But um, you, you just got to love each other. And, uh, you know, and, you know, there, we have a saying, you don't have to like each other, but you got to love each other. And, you know, sometimes I'm mad at my brothers and sisters. I don't like them. I don't like what they're doing, but I still love them. They're family. And that, that happens with teams. And so I, I just think there should be more emphasis placed on that. And that doesn't mean you have to do feel good meetings all the time. Uh, but I, I think there's that, that respect that they, that they've got to have. And I'm going to go down here a little bit further and and as you can see up on the left I don't know if you can see it on the left side of the screen maybe not we have what we call standards of behavior um, you know uh, instead of a rule book do's and don'ts we have uh, 10 standards of behavior this is how we will operate this is what we believe in this is how we will do things on a daily basis so Thank you. Uh, can I call you Jessica or Coach? Do I have to call you Coach? Please Kirk? call me Jessica. See, guys, uh, like that can happen, you know. All right, Jessica. <laughs> Take care. I appreciate you. 
We've been telling her she's going to always be a coach. But, yeah, she's just JK, but she's going to always be a coach. I think um, Coach Price has something. Coach? Um, hey, Coach. I coach high school girls in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, same town as Chelsea. Um, my question for you is um, I do a, a program, and my husband, my husband coaches football. We both do a program with our seniors to try to teach them about leadership before the season. You know, like we've been doing it all summer um, and in the spring before COVID. My question to you is, A, do you think leadership can be taught? And B, do you have some pointers on how to teach our seniors to be great leaders? Can it be taught? Yeah, I think mainly it can be modeled, you know, and learned. Uh, you know, uh, we, we don't have designated leaders. I, I think it has to be, um, what would you call, organic. And I think you have shared leadership. I think your greatest teams are the ones that have shared leadership. Uh, you look at our team and, and uh, people would think, well, Sabrina's got to be the leader. She's the best player in the country, uh, a great teammate, competitive. She's everything you'd want in a leader. But the honest truth is Satu Sabali was the one that had the ear of everybody in our, you know, in our, on our roster. Sabrina led by example, you know, she, uh, she didn't always, uh, you know, pull people along. That's an area she evolved in, quite frankly. She got better at early on. She was like, she had very little uh, empathy or tolerance, quite frankly, for her teammates who didn't work as hard as her and weren't as committed as her. And, and she kind of turned some off, quite frankly, because of it. And then as she got older, uh, she learned how to bring those people along and to quite frankly worry about those that she could bring along. Some were either lost causes or just they weren't open to it. Whereas Satu had the, um, she had the ear of everyone. She was a lot more empathetic with, with, uh, with her teammates, uh, listened a lot more. Uh, and then we had others that in other areas led. I, I think you just don't have one. We don't, we don't designate team captains, for instance. We've never uh, done that, even on a vote. I think it's just, you know, the halftime or the pregame speech at half court. You know, we just have a couple of our seniors do it. But that's, to me, that's not what a captain is. That may be a, a duty of, you know, someone who has captainship abilities. But, um, yeah, and I think it just happens organically. But I, I do. I think you can learn it. And I think you, uh, uh, but mainly it's modeled. So she learned from older kids. And every chance I get, I, I bring in, like I had Courtney Vandersloot on a Zoom call. So she could just talk to our kids about, uh, you know, lots of different different things. Leadership was, was one of them. Okay, That's thank a great you. question, Jody. And I don't have a complete answer. I'm sorry. I don't think any of us have a complete answer to it. <laughs> but but I, think, I think the modeling is important. I think one of the areas that we struggle in when it is when it has been modeled poorly and like, you know, turn riding the ship and, and not repeating the poor pattern of poor leadership, um, which I think we do an okay job with that, with um, correcting bad leadership. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, we always want to get better at it and not miss something that maybe we can be doing to help our kids. But thank and again, you. that's something that we try to figure out in the vetting process, you know, that championship character, you know, yeah. do they positively I, I, impact their teammates? Right. I thought it was amazing how the, the players that you talked about, it, 
they they'd stay true to their you know their stripes didn't change whether they're at your school or somebody else's school or at their high school you know uh, through the vetting process you kind of pick that up and it's not going to be different at your school it's going to be the same i i would suggest that all of you um follow on social media satu savali she is probably the most interesting person i've ever coached she's from berlin germany uh incredibly intelligent i mean she's just brilliant an amazing personality obviously she's a phenomenal player uh but she is the most socially aware uh person that i've ever met and if you look at her just look at her past uh uh or, or follow her on instagram and you'll see you know exactly where she's at at all times and what what she believes in and she's not afraid to, to call out anybody or anything including me and she's really you know with with everything that's gone on and in with the the, uh, the black lives matter you know movement all, all this the social injustice i have relied on her i we've probably talked more in the last month than uh, we did even while she was here because she is just a you know she's she's just been a great sounding board and and she's usually just spot on on things that i should be doing and saying and and i appreciate her for that i i truly do but i think she's an interesting follow and i'll tell you an example we playing at louisville her very first year she was what two months into the country and we go to the i take the team to the muhammad ali museum and uh you know most of the team after about an hour they're kind of bored and you know, he's my favorite athlete of all time, not hands down, not even close. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I've been there before and I found it really interesting and, you know, most of the team's bored. And so uh, she's the one player that just wanted to stay. Hey, Satu, I think we're all going to go. No, I, I really want to stay. And I have all these questions. I'm thinking, here's the only from Germany, you know, who, uh, who's more interested in, quite frankly, a lot of it's our history, right? Than uh, than our own American kids, and uh, so that really spoke volumes to me. And that's kind of where I first realized this one's different. <laughs> she's uh, not just great players; she she's different. You all, I was just helping Jessica. You can jump right in. I have a question. Hi, Coach Graves. Hi, Tiffany. Uh, good to see you again. Every time uh, you speak, you always have such great stuff. But uh, I've been listening to you, you know, talk about your journey and, and where you started um, and, and knowing, you know, your core values and things like that. What was it about the administration or those jobs that made you believe in wanting to go there to make a difference? Because try, turning something around takes a lot of time and energy, but you have to have the support of the people who are hiring you. So what was it that you know made you wanna to go to those institutions and, and put that time and energy into them? Yeah, well, Tiffany, that's a great question. And for some of you young coaches on here, that what she was probably talking about, my journey started at a community college as a men's basketball coach, I went up, my salary was $1,250. So that's how bad I wanted to coach. I was plowing potato fields in Moses Lake, Washington at 5 a.m. in the morning just to make extra money. I lived uh, rent uh, for $100, rent, basically rent free in the basement of a booster's home uh, and made 1250 
about a week before the season or the school started, the women's coach quit. I had never even seen a women's game in my life. I didn't know much about it, but they didn't have time to open it up. So they asked me if I wanted to do it. And the only reason I said yes was it paid 2,500 bucks. Plus they told me I could keep coaching the men because a lot of our games were double headers and they gave me a room in the dorms. Are you kidding? I was in the lap of luxury. So that's how I got started. And I really wanted to do it. And thank God I, I coached the community college because I appreciate what it's like to have to set up the scoreboard before every game and sweep the floor and then do the laundry after I had no assistant coach, you know, and you have to do all that yourself. And so now when we get everything that we could ever want and more at the university of Oregon, it's easier for me not to, to feel in or to be entitled. And that's one of the things we have to, to really guard against with our team. Um, but Tiffany, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. When I interviewed at Gonzaga, and that was a family move. I was three years at, at St. Mary's, and we had some great success, got to our first NCAA tournament. JR was a senior that year. Uh, and uh, my wife just was not happy in California. She, uh, she really struggled with the, the cost of living, and we had three, all, all boys were, were little, and she didn't have any family there. And so she was the reason I took the Gonzaga job. And she said, you know, honey, if you love me, well, there's really only one answer to that. <laughs> so, uh, and so I made the move. But what the reason I was sold on it are the Gonzaga men had just started making their name as a national power. And during my sit down with the, uh, with the AD, he said, Kelly, I want our women's program to be as good as our men's. What do you need? And so to me, that, you know, I could tell they were committed and they wanted to do it. And guess what? They backed it up. And so my last 10 years there, we won 10 consecutive championships and, and really became a, a national program, getting to three sweet 16s and an elite eight as a so-called mid-major. So uh, they, they backed it up. And so when Oregon opened, that was one of my few questions, you know, how much are you going to support it? And, and, uh, and, and. You know, they had the same vision that I, I did. So, you know, a clear and creative vision was one of the, one of the components of that championship program. And, and Chelsea, I'm going to send that to you so we don't have to kind of go through each slide. Okay. Thank you, sir. That's a great question, Tiffany. Thank you. So wherever you're at right now on the coaching ladder, uh, whatever you're making, don't worry about it. You just keep, Keep plugging away, man, and, and, and keep trying to get better and work hard and have faith in yourself and surround yourself with good people. And, you know, you, you, you can go anywhere, really. Hey, Coach Graves. Uh, it's Willie Simmons here. I'm head football coach here at Florida a and um, well, it was such a great question that Tiffany asked because that was exactly what I was, <laughs> was going to ask about taking over um, – broken programs because I've done the same thing all of my head jobs have been uh, programs that had losing records before we got there and that question about culture and changing culture the administration was really what I was going to say but um since you took it I'll just comment um one thing you said you you, you you retracted on it when you said coach and you say oh, I met my wife well no you said it right she's she's your coach and uh because mine's right. my she my wife is my coach and uh, obviously she she she's not bashful in saying that but um but no we just we, we're so 
uh, humbled because like, like Chelsea said, you know, we started this. Um, it was it was just a small group of coaches that kind of all knew one another. And, you know, when, when I presented first and we did it for a week, it was kind of like, oh, this is pretty neat. You know, let's uh, let's see if we can continue this thing. And now you look up and, you know, we got, you know, guys like yourself who's coaching the best women's basketball program, program in America. You know, Cheryl Swoops, who's a Hall of Famer. I mean, just the list goes on and on. So just just the fact that, that this has grown into something that's so uh, inclusive with just coaches from different walks, um, people that we all felt were larger than life, who who's willing to take time out of their everyday life uh, during this pandemic to just share with us, it, it means the, it means the world to us. So um, if nobody else tells you, I know Chelsea already has, coach, but we just we just want to say we're so thankful for you, everything you stand for, and just being able to come on and share with us today because we we've gotten a lot of great nuggets, obviously, um, but I think the one takeaway is just the humility of someone who could very easily be a larger than life figure, you know, with, with the career that you've had and that you, uh, with, the, with the young women that you produce. So just thank you for, you know, stepping down and, and, and interacting with the regular folk. And, uh, you know, we wish you all the best luck in your, in your future success. Uh, well, thank you. It was an honor to be with you guys. And now did you take, uh, is that where, uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Alabama? Lane Kiffin, is that where he was at? No, no, he was at Florida Atlantic. So that's, that's, yeah, Atlantic. yeah, he was at Florida Atlantic. Yeah, this, Florida and them is in Tallahassee. Uh, Chelsea and I grew up okay. together. So, yeah, this is the school up in the North. He was down, down the South. When people say Florida, they think of Miami and Fort Lauderdale. They yeah. don't realize that there's a country part of Florida with just trees. No, I, and I, I, I hear you. No, and, and if you ever, I, I have uh, a Willie who's a really good friend who lives down there. If you ever run into Willie Taggart, make sure you tell him hi for me. He's a good yeah. guy, man. I used to give him such a hard time. Because his saying up here was, he became a women's basketball fan. He came to our games, and so did his players. And he had a saying that said, do something. Mm -hmm. I go, well, I said, Willie, come on now. So we have, say, our saying is do something extraordinary every day. <laughs> I started scratching my butt, and I said, well, Willie, I'm doing something, <laughs> you know. But uh, he, he's a good guy, and if when you run into him, please tell him hi for me. He, he you know, of course, uh, he's the head, he was the head coach of Florida State. Yep. I, I'm the head coach of FAMU, which is literally a, a half a block away from one another. So we yep. were the two head coach football coaches here in the city. So uh, became great friends. Uh, our wives are better friends than, than, than we are. But uh, I actually spoke with him last week. So I definitely tell him when I talk to him again that, uh, that, that you get on him about that do something. Because I, I said something yeah. to him about it once, too, about do something. So that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, he's a good guy. He was only here for that one year. But it was uh, – he, he made a huge impact. And we're still feeling it. A lot of those players he recruited are still here. No so doubt. our Rose Bowl championship still has a little bit of Willie Taggart in it. Hey, Willie, we're going to have to get him down here for family homecoming. We're going to work on that. Okay, Coach Graves? All yeah. right. <laughs> Coach, this is Kendra Aaron. I'm the assistant coach at Central Arizona College. One of the things that I want to know is at what point in your life, um, in your coaching career, I guess I should say, is when did you become as humble as you are? Or has that always been the case? Um, wow, that's really nice. You guys, uh, thanks for being so kind. You know, I, listen, I, I just have, feel like we're all in this together I you know when when I try to actually correct my coaches when they say I work for Kelly I said no, no no we work with each other I just I don't see my role as really any different we're all in this thing together and I I'm not just saying that to, to you know BS here I it's really how I feel and uh and I I was 
I, listen, fortunate enough to be raised by great parents. Uh, my dad was from South Carolina. Uh, my mom was from Utah. So, you know, I had a cross section of, uh, you know, different, different uh, upbringings. And, um, you know, and I've got a great family and family's really important to me. And I, and I'm open with all the players that I recruit. I said, you know, family, my family comes first. So when I make decisions, that's how I base the decisions. And, and uh, they of course are extended families, but no, I just, uh, listen, I, I, I am smart enough to understand that the greatest coaches in this game are not the ones that are having, have top 10 programs like I do. You know, I think where the real coaching's going on or is in high school. You know, I can go out and recruit kids that fit how I play and who we are. You know, how about that high school coach who's got, uh, where, where's Jody? How about Jody? You know, she one year's got three, six, two kids, and the next year her tallest one's five, eight because they moved out. She's got to adapt. She can't just, you know, plug in a, a new player to fill, you know, th those that were departed. So, but thank you very much. And, and again, I'm, I'm hu actually humbled to be here with you. I'm, I'm learning just as much. So, Willie, I'm going to remember you forever over there. Except for yeah. I don't know about that orange hat. Orange around here is Oregon State. And I'm not that Christ-like when it comes to Oregon State. You know what I mean? Trust, trust me, I understand, because we okay. I, got, I, got, I got the Oregon green in there, though. You see I, the Oregon I, green. I like that. <laughs> Up here, you got to take a side. You're green or you're orange. You can't play both. Hey, Coach Graves, it's Amina Pay. It's good to see you again. Wanted to ask about – I'm glad you actually mentioned Oregon State. So you guys kind of filled up uh, Matthew Knight Arena this year, um, record season ticket holders. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you guys built up the fan base? Uh, yes. Um, first and foremost, it, it, if you have a good, you got to have a good team. You know, we play a fun style. I think we play uh, unselfish basketball. I think that really helps. It doesn't guarantee you're going to have fans. Uh, I, I call this, we, we did this at Gonzaga too. You know, women's basketball fans aren't necessarily fans of the women's game. They're fans of your teams. And so, you know, we were in the final four, I guess, not, not last year, but you know what I'm talking about a couple years ago. And, you know, so our fans could tell you who was in that final four. Guaranteed 90% of them couldn't tell you who was in the final four before that. You know, so they're fans of our team. And, uh, and so I think the key is to let your kids engage with the fans. I mean, I trust my players. They are such good ambassadors. They're not just good players. Look, I had five graduate yesterday. We just finally had our graduation. We're on quarters here. And, uh, uh, you know, they were all in the honor roll. Two of them got master's degree. Sabrina, with everything she had going on, got her master's degree in four years. And same with Mignon Morse. Uh, Satu graduated in three years. So she left a year early. So they're good students. They're good citizens. And, and we sign autographs after every game. We come back out and sign autographs and engage and our kids take pictures. Uh, it's gotten so big now when you have 12,000 coming to every game, you can't just go out on the court. The fire marshal got mad at us, but that's how we used to do it. So now we have to do it uh, with tables every, uh, every week. But uh, I just think get your kids out there. And you as a coach, man, uh, recruit the, the right kind of people that are going to represent your program well. And, and, uh, and just let them turn on the charm, man, after. And, and that's what people are going to see. Now, if they can't play, 
nobody's going to go. So you got to have a combination of the two. But uh, I think that's been the key. We are accessible. I'll, I'll go anywhere and talk about my team to anybody. Where do you coach? Northwestern. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the old man, Big Joe. You tell Big him hi. All right. I will. Coach G. Dr. C. Appreciate the, uh, the lead in. Uh, Coach Graves, how you doing, man? Pretty good. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of that beautiful head of hair you've got. And I got this. Hey, man, listen. Quarantine got me a little messed up right now. So <laughs> when I go to the barbershop, you are more than welcome to Give some. Give me of some. It. Yeah. Hey. I will I shoot me an address. If I put it in a ziplock, man, we'd be good to go. Okay. But um again, my thanks as well. I mean, I'm sitting here in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm talking to a Final Four caliber head coach. And you've been to one, not necessarily just caliber. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, many thanks again for doing this. But I guess my question statement or whatever was about leadership. And I guess that would kind of go to what Coach Price was saying. I would say to answer that question, because I know she said seniors, number one, I'd say start sooner because you don't know where that leadership's going to always come from every year. Mm -hmm. And then who's going to do it? Me personally, I, I do appoint captains, but I start letting my players vote for it. Because it says a lot what your teammates think of you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I say, hey, great leaders are also great servants. So when you're in a smaller program or whatever the case may be, they're the ones that also end up having to count jerseys and make sure the locker room's clean and, and whatever the case may be and not just shaking hands with the ref or whatever on game day because at the end of the day, it's going to take all of us to get it done. And I also like what you said about coaching. Like, I've been in a head coach role. I've been an assistant. And, you know, like, well, you're the head coach? It's like, yeah, but you're on the staff. There's no point of you being on the bench with me if you're not going to input or anything. So I want to know what you have. Sure enough, I'm going to make the last call. But we're working together here. It's not like a pecking order. We're all trying to get the same thing done. So, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a lot of weaknesses, Coach G. Uh, I think one of my strengths has always been I allow my coaches to coach. So if you come to practice, and you guys are always welcome to come to our practices. Now, I don't know with this COVID-19 how that's all going to work. But if and when you're allowed to, please, we would love to have you. In fact, I have a hole upstairs. Now that the boys are gone, you can just stay with me. And I've had coaches stay with me. So no problem. Yes, yes. Even you, Coach G, even you. Hey, Maybe all the way from Alabama, I'll do it. Head of hair, but yes. Um, uh, but no, we'd, we'd love to have you. You can come out. And I think one of the things you would see is uh, the division of labor, which with, with, with which we have uh, in our coaching staff. And I think it's important. I don't micromanage. You know, I, I have uh, a defensive coordinator, so to speak. Right, Willie? I have an offensive coordinator, so to speak. That's Jody. Uh, she's been with me a long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I just uh, – I, I give them freedom in practice. There are a lot of times in practice when they get to control and, and do whatever they feel is necessary for their kind of position group. 
Uh, off the court, same thing. We, we have a kind of assigned and quite frankly, unassigned uh, chores, so to speak, uh, jobs that, that we're in charge of, but we all help each other. We, we rarely have a, a scheduled staff meeting. We're together all the time, you know, and, I, and every, we, have a, we meet a lot, but it's un, un, uh, uh, informal, so to speak. Uh, and I just think that's important, man. If you're a head coach here on this call, let your coaches coach. Let them know what you want. They've got to believe, you know, and buy into all this stuff we talked about. Uh, you know, vision, leadership, family atmosphere, recruiting, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I think, that's, uh, I think that's key. Then everybody feels a part of it. And going back to, to Kendra, your question, you know, that I, I think we're all in it together. So we're all equals, so to speak players and coaches absolutely love it and um you open that invite up i'm down seriously We're <laughs> yeah. so we've got two bedrooms and then we've got a huge bonus room we got four bunk beds and a couch so if that can't fit enough people hey you know i'm I mean? short i'm only six three i don't take up much space so hey um, let's do it <laughs> Only. <laughs> in fact, yeah, here's my, only. In fact, here's my cell phone. You guys can call anytime. I'm not a great texter or emailer. So <laughs> just call me. If you got a question, call me. Don't call me for a job uh, because, you know, that's, yeah, it's different. But uh, yeah. here's my cell phone. It's 541 912 Eight, eight. And Coach G, I saw you scrambling for that pen and paper. How come it wasn't in your hands? <laughs> one of our, one of the, one of our, uh, what we call our standards of behavior is we will be the best prepared team. You're gonna it's normally me, in my hair. It is normally right here. You're going <laughs> to ask me to say it again, aren't you? Ready? Here you go. Please. All right. Five, four, one, nine, one, two. Six two eight eight, and feel free to call anytime, you guys. Uh, always there. Be glad to to help in any way I can. Oh, uh, appreciate you, you so much. I tell you, and guys, he means it. I literally had a huge fan moment, and then I had to bring myself back down to professionalism because I did. I, I think it was uh, one of the coaches on here saw it. I always tell people it's so much harder on Twitter trying to get in contact. I've never been afraid of no, but you do have to follow the person. So when I said, Coach, could you follow me? I'm trying to message you. It was almost instantaneous, y'all. And, you know, when I told him what I needed, he said, call me. And we talked, and you would have thought that I had talked to Coach for years now. It was just like calling a family member. So, Coach Gray, just know you're now part of the family. We appreciate you so much just for coming on. And, you know, we know you're a busy guy. You left that invitation open. Trust me, when things cool down, don't be surprised when all us East Coast people, we find our way out to Oregon and, hey, family style, I don't mind. I'll bring a, a sleeping bag and an air mattress. We'll be good. Just now, give me a cup of coffee from over there and I'm good. Now, just know that when you get here, it's a pretty liberal place. <laughs> You're going to see uh, uh, hundreds of people roaming downtown that have tie-dye shirts on and they still think it's like 1968. Everybody's smoking marijuana. A lot of people have purple hair and rings in every orifice. 
but you're not going to find nicer people than you are in Eugene. I mean, they love their basketball. They love their ducks. But hey, go, eating, eating, out, eating out, oh, and everybody drinks coffee, but eating out is an experience here, man, because, and they're so nice. Every waiter, waitress, server, they're just so nice because most of them are high, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going out there, I hope, right? I'm not getting No, getting, I promise you're fine. I promise you are totally I, There's a reason that. And unfortunately, everything that you listed, I've already been exposed. Okay, good. I'm okay with that. There's a reason this is Bill Walton's favorite stop in the Pac-12, and there's a reason that the Grateful Dead made their home here. So uh, we, we, we love that about this place. But uh, you guys, it, it's been an honor. It truly has. And, um, you know, and I, I wish you the best. I, I truly do. I, I know we're all staying busy. Just make sure that you've got a purpose for what you're doing. I, I think that's critical. When this is done, you, you know, damn, we're, we're going to get moving. So hopefully, and it, and it looks like you are because you're on this call, uh, you're, you're bettering yourself. You're bettering yourself by, by sharing ideas with everybody that's on this call. And, uh, you know, so that you're going to be more prepared when we're ready to get back to work. Exactly, Coach. Well, we appreciate you so much, Coach. Yeah, I thank everybody pleasure. for being on the call. If this is your first time, this is something that we do every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Not every day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. So tomorrow, we're going to have uh, Coach Carly uh, Donis on, Associate Head Coach at University of Minnesota Women's Basketball. Um, and then Thursday, we'll have uh, Coach Anita Howard, Head Coach at Georgia Southern. So you're welcome back anytime. Anybody that's on here is welcome back anytime. Coach, if you don't mind, I just want to say a quick prayer for everybody before we get out. So if you guys could bow your heads. Lord, we just thank you for newfound relationships and friendships, Lord God. We thank you that we all got better today. We ask that you just continue to keep us safe in the midst of everything that's going on in our world, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to continue to model unity and togetherness, Lord God. And I thank you for this hour of exhibiting and displaying that, Lord God. We thank you so much and we love you. We ask that you just keep us and our families safe. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Coach, thank you so much again. Your family now, whatever we can do, you're always welcome. And that goes for anybody else on the call. So y'all have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Same.